Hey, welcome to All Stars with uh, me, Sal, and uh, Josh Williamson. Josh, welcome back to our show. <laughs> yeah, it's our new monthly show. It was okay. interesting to see how I, I don't think everyone got that this was going to be a monthly thing at first. No. But I'm like, no, no I'm here every month now. Yeah, it's <laughs> happening. You got me once a month and we're going to talk about this. But it's funny. What, and I always tell people when they, they talk about this, what people don't know is that you and I have literally actually been talking for the last two hours already. <laughs> yeah. And now we're diving in. Right. So, now we're uh, finally doing the show. Now we're finally just... actually recording, but we ended up talking for two hours before. We just talked yeah. about comics and movies and our love of Hook. Talked yes. about movie Hook for a while. Should we, hey, yeah, I, I, have a, I have a question for people that you put in the comments. Like, what are your feelings on the movie Hook? Right. Good or bad, I want to hear it. What are your feelings on the movie Hook? I love it. Uh, Sal, you said you loved it, right? I did. I loved it as a kid. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I enjoy it now. I think the soundtrack, I, I would rather listen to the soundtrack than watch the movie nowadays, but it still holds up. I think like it's, cause yeah. it's a Spielberg movie. Like it's it, tons of practical effects. Oh yeah. The digital yeah. effects are incredible. Are crazy in that movie. Sets are crazy. Those sets are insane, dude. They're so you can, huge. Every like... dollar is right up there on screen. Um, it's yeah, funny yeah. when you asked me what my thoughts on hook were when we were talking mm -hmm. earlier. I was immediately taken back because the consensus, the cultural consensus, Hook mm -hmm. sucks and was a massive flop. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, and I think it's because of that that one of my co-hosts, Ethan, and I have been for the better part of our entire friendship talking about a sequel to Hook, which we call oh, Hook man. Two. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm here. Right? I am so here. I want to hear all about this, dude. Hook Two <laughs> would be because the thing is. I think you could still do it because it doesn't really matter. Right. Like his hook is yeah, 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 you yeah. could set it a hundred years from now and Neverland never changes. Uh, yeah, and yeah, everyone yeah. who was a never boy is either dead or recast, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, you could, do, you could do, you could do uh, Rufio and yeah. Dustin Hoffman. And I know Rufio would probably be super pumped to do a, a, a sequel. Seriously. Like, there's stuff you could do with it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated. I can, I always think about Neverland and Peter Pan stuff. Like a lot of writers, like I think almost every writer out there is like, I have a take on Peter Pan. Uh, <laughs> I bet. The only, I will tell you my only uh, Peter Pan thing. I mean, I have, a, I have a couple little like Peter Pan ideas, but the one oh, that sure. uh, I've, I've always been like, this is what I wish had happened. And you might think I'm a crazy person. Uh, <laughs> I, I want there to be a Pirates of the Caribbean movie where at some point oh Jack Sparrow God. like figures out like there's some kind of thing where kids are getting kidnapped, whatever, and he has to like save one and he finds out that it's Neverland. You don't do anything with Peter Pan, it's basically Jack Sparrow versus Hook. Oh my and you God. get Hook to be played by somebody like Robert Downey Jr. or something like that, which is like so fun. over the top and charismatic and fun. Yeah. Where you're like, this person's a bad person because they're the villain of the of it but then you they could team up you could find out there's another villain maybe peter pan is the villain who knows oh, like yeah which was mary peter pan was supposed to be the villain of uh of fables and then he changed really? his mind i think that's public i hope that's public <laughs> <laughs> i think that's public information the fables that. it was supposed to be peter pan but because of the legal issues of peter pan at the time they couldn't do it mm. so they changed it to geppetto uh, I think that's public information. <laughs> okay, we'll have to cross reference but, uh, that. Make we can this leave it. Good, but yeah, but... Hook is great. Hook is great. Uh, Hook is great. I, uh, yeah, it's a good movie. Once you have kids, though, let me tell you, buddy, that movie hits you way harder. Way oh, harder. Like, I'm sitting there watching it, and all that stuff at the beginning. I'm like, oh man, dude. Like, I'm I... too much. <laughs> yeah, am I him? And it's great because yeah. it's also prescient. That movie came out in '91, and it's all about being addicted to your cell phone. And I like how odd yeah. it is for he's the odd man out because he's the one on the phone. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, but now, yeah, everybody been there. When she throws his phone out the window, that seems really great. It is. Uh, all the performances of that movie really were, but like we were talking before, the score of that movie is oh, amazing. Like, it is course. very powerful. When I was working on Birthright, I would play that score a lot because I felt like it was one of the closest... Because that movie is about fantasy and family put together. Yes. Realistically, you know, and the idea of like what a person does. Now I'm realizing I ripped off hook. Uh, ah. But <laughs> it is so much about the idea that like, you know, what is the story after the story? I always right. find those kinds of things fascinating. Like, what do you do after? Or where, where, what's the sequel to some of these fantasy stories? Yeah. Uh, and that was part of the origin of Birthright. But, you know, Birthright was all about family and fantasy adventure. And that's really what Hook is. Yeah. It's very similar to all these, like, family problems and family dynamics thrown into this fantasy setting. And, you know, a father with his kids and, and him having to reconnect with them through this yeah. whole thing. And also, I think I think that was the movie that Steven Spielberg's dad watched and finally was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I screwed up, all right? I'm sorry. But I mean... But I think that's like, I, I, I think that either Steven Spielberg or somebody in that Spielberg documentary actually talks about this, that I think it was Hook where his dad, like, literally in real life, his father yeah. was like, okay, maybe I should have been around more. <laughs> like, yeah. maybe well, I should have I mean, been more of a father figure. I think remember that's, if you've watched uh, the Fablemans, have you seen yeah. Fablemans yet? I have not seen Fablemans yet, but I know that oh, like, okay. I, I, I've heard rumor that like he waited for his father to die to make it basically. Mm -hmm. And I think that like nothing could be yeah. more damning I than making your dad, Peter Pan and say, you've ruined Peter Pan uh, for me. Like you've ruined like the, the the idea of what your father's supposed to be i mean look at the last crusade when they're taught when they have the they finally sit down I mean, last crusade is where i'm like that's the one where i'm like yo like you should Papa you should Spielberg, pick up how well, did you not know in that one <laughs> i mean you're sitting there when they're sitting there together and he's yeah. like we never talked the last time we had a quiet drink i had a milkshake it's just like that yeah. should have been yeah. the moment uh yeah that's the one where spielberg's dad should have been like all right this is all about me yeah. It's always been about me. Well, Spielberg said uh, recently. Look at E.T. About... The dad's barely in the damn thing. He shows up at the end. That, and movie's, like, about, that movie's about divorce. Exactly. Oh, and that's time. the, because he's doing his work. I mean, listen, I, I love Spielberg. And I think it's a part of it is because like all these movies are like, especially once you know more about him. Yeah. You're like, oh man, this guy's been doing the thing that all writers do where he's like, like writing is, is essentially therapy in a lot of ways. Yeah. So he's like, he's yeah. doing the thing, right? Like he's dealing with all the issues and like he, uh, like, I think it's really interesting that in um, uh, Close Encounters. So in I was going to say Close Encounters. We're going to get into spoilers here. People haven't seen these movies. This, uh, there's a moratorium on 35-year-old movies, guys. I got to tell you. <laughs> I agree with you. You never know. Uh, there's, true. like, one person that's like, I wanted to watch that. Like, but Well, then uh, pause this and watch it, man. I got to tell yeah, you. Yeah. It's a good movie, yeah. Uh, it is. It's great. Uh, so Close Encounters, uh, the dad, like, leaves the whole family at the end. Right? He just, he just, uh, yes. He just totally leaves. And it, it's total bullshit. And I think as Spielberg now has said, he's like, that was a mistake. He would have done He did it say that. He said he, yeah. if he could, he would change it so that he would go back to his family. But also, yeah. if you watch Close Encounters, like especially, I remember seeing it, I think I was a teenager when I saw Close Encounters the third uh -huh. time for the, first, uh -huh. for the first time. And they do backflips to make that family unsympathetic and unlikable. Like you need, oh, dude. you want Dick Dreyfus to abandon his family if you are not a father, right? Like, I think that's well, how that it movie is. is again, it's from his perspective. It. Like, it's it's about yeah, his dad, but yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to understand yeah. his dad and why he left. Like, oh, if you want yeah. to abandon me and mom and go hang out with aliens and play the keyboard, then go right yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Like, <laughs> well, you saw, I forget who it was now. There was an interview. Somebody was interviewing him. It wasn't inside Actor Studio, but somebody was interviewing him. I'm like, forget who it was. And they were like, 
oh, you know, it's weird how in Close Encounters, the whole thing is like music at the ending. And that was a thing between your parents. That was the thing with them also is music, right? Yeah. And yeah, Spielberg, yeah. like, was like, son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> like what? he didn't even realize he had like therapists himself. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, he had yeah. like, like, had inserted so much of himself in those movies. But yeah, I find that fascinating. Like, you go back and look at those and you're just like, oh man, I get it. Like, when you're dealing with stuff, there are times I'm not going to name this writer. <laughs> I'm not going to name who they were. Uh, I had a friend one time uh, give me a comic book script they were working on, and I were reading it, and then I called him, and I was like, hey, so you're breaking up, huh? <laughs> like, oh. like, is that what's going on right now? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that great moment in, um, what was it, Paul Dini's book, uh, One Dark Night, where uh, oh, he, dude. he hands Alan Burnett the script for Phantasm, and it's like the line yeah. says, uh, uh, it's like you pick these people because you, you know there's no chance for an actual serious relationship. And he's like, so it's just, you're just you're just working through some stuff right now like is this just about yeah. you and arlene and Dude, he's like what I, I, I kid you not on my ipad right now uh, i have to scroll back through um when i read that for the first time so i get i get all this stuff free from dc digitally right so like yeah. when new comics come out sometimes ahead of time uh that book the one dark night when i got it i actually got it early they sent nice. it to everybody early uh i screen grabbed so many scenes from that book because i was like from a writer perspective too and also yeah. just because it's weird right like our our perspective per perception of that book is interesting because it's so much about writing but it's also it's a batman story and yeah. it's also about a, a particular a real person mm -hmm. but it's also connected to something that we all love which is you know massive phantasm the batman animated series like yes. all that stuff it's like it's so deeply um connected to all those things that's what i'm looking at now yeah i had so many screen grabs of that book when it came <laughs> out because i was just like that's interesting but also it's eduardo rizzo yeah and eduardo rizzo like coming in and doing a more personal story and like you know i think for the most part we're really used to eduardo rizzo doing um you know we're doing all this stuff about uh or 100 bullets like yeah. when you think of eduardo rizzo i think you think of 100 bullets you think there's of a lot noir. of books they've done exactly. you think of noir so then all of a sudden doing this like much more emotional uh really deep Intimate, story personal story yeah. yeah that's exactly right yeah but i did a bunch of screen grabs of that just because it was like <laughs> eduardo rizzo doing really cool um you know just art and makes yeah. it with this emotional story it was really good but i i i think it's interesting when people do that where you put a, like yourself on the page i'm not sure if i would ever be able to do that as much if i did auto bio it would always be like you would not know it was me you know right yeah absolutely uh like, I mean, listening with James, like when he does something that's killing the children, the fact that he's in that book, I mean, it's, you know, the main yeah. character in the first arc, his name is James, you know, it's like he just right. put himself boop, right in there. <laughs> and he's talked about this in a sub -sack. I'm not telling you to have to talk. He, he's told anybody. Yeah, you're not you're telling tales. I'm not outing him. You know, he talks about this in his newsletter that that's like he literally the development of that was like put himself in it. Uh, I always find that to be fascinating. But to straight up, there's also what Steven Siegel did. Um, Steven Siegel did uh, It's a Bird. Yeah. Uh, which is really good. That's a really good hardcover. It's funny how DC is the one that does this. Uh, I don't oh. know, has Marvel has Marvel ever done a like self-insert story about somebody working on a Marvel project? Like right. You, well, first of all, we, we could probably narrow this down by just going, it's gotta be about Jim Shooter. Uh, so <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and I think that's I, I think true. Bendis, I think Bendis did appear in but marvel's different when they do it because they do the whole like funny bullpen stuff they put you in and they did they, like no you're a character yeah. that literally works for marvel comics and you're in the yeah book. 
I mean, somewhere Bill- in here on this shelf right here, I have Marvel Team Up, the hardcover yeah. they did during for Ultimate Marvel Team Up. Yeah, and I think one of those issues actually has Bendis in it, or he introduced oh. the story, yes. like also Spider Man when him and Nick Lowe uh, are like in a headlock and they swap. Yeah, Wolverine yeah, Spider-Man. yeah. Uh, Joe yeah, yeah, in yeah. that book as well, the Ultimate Marvel Team Up as yeah. well. I think it's it's either Joe or Axel Alonso where he's on the phone and he's like begging directors to make Marvel movies. Like, <laughs> we, I think Scorsese make a great Daredevil movie. Come on. Uh, Somewhere so, in here, I have that like. What did I do with that? I have like that like. There was a hardcover that Marvel did, and it was like the Adventures of of Joe and Bill Jemis. It was like Bill. <laughs> it was like Bill and Joe. This is gonna drive me crazy because I know I have it somewhere. It's like it. What did I do with that? Uh, but they did this book. It was actually really interesting because it was a bit of a like, behind the scenes thing. Yeah, of, like celebrating those first couple of years of what they did. Right. Uh, with Marvel, like Marvel Knights, Ultimate, like all of it, but um, yeah, now I'm super curious. I have to find that. I have to yeah. find that. But I, I, I'm wondering if Marvel's ever done anything like that. Marvel doesn't do as many um, standalone graphic novels, though. That's, that's the, and that's DC like has always yeah. done stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, maybe uh, I was thinking about Silver Surfer Requiem, like how that's kind of Stan talking about, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like he, like he's is that the one with, with Mobius where he's like trying to talk yeah. about like God and, and, and your place in the universe, um, which is not too dissimilar from Bill Jemis's Marvel where it's like, I read a book about the origin of the species and now I'm going to mm-hmm. talk about it. And uh, it's so if you, yeah. if you had a vote, if you had a vote right now, I'm putting yeah. you on the spot because I know what I voted for. I remember we yeah. had all kinds of conversations about this oh, between the three the comic shop I worked at. Yeah. If you had a vote between Marvel, Ultimate Adventures, or Captain Marvel, what will you pick? I mean, probably Captain Marvel because it's the only actual comic book on the list. Like Ultimate Adventures was Ultimate was Adventures made, is a comic book. Yes, it's but a comic it's made book. for it. Like it's made specifically yeah. to be this like thing that is supposed to prove that Peter David shouldn't get what he wants, which is twenty five yeah, cents people, less on the book. Like yeah, but people don't know there was a thing where Marvel basically did like an internal contest, and it was whichever one of these sells most. So yeah. there's a book called Marvel. There was a book called ultimate adventures, yep. which was basically ultimate Batman and Robin. Y- yeah. And then there was, uh, that took place. It was, it was night owl, right? It wasn't yep. night owl. What was his name? It was night. It was, it was maybe it was night Hawk, but it was, uh, I don't remember who it was specifically, but ultimate Marvel adventure or yeah. Yeah. yeah it was, uh, but then you had, uh, I'm like, I thought I, I have, I still have that trade. Yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah. which was Peter David's book at the time with Criss Cross. And yep. it was Hawk Owl. His name was Hawk Owl. Hawk Owl. Well, uh, the Captain Marvel <laughs> book was good. The Captain yeah. Marvel book was good. And and I think it was interesting. I always wonder about like the backstory on that. And I know enough people I should find out. Like, yeah. was that all one big, like how petty was that dispute? Well, uh, if was you it read all a big uh... promotional, Go ahead, go oh ahead. no! It was it was Peter David, like Peter David on his uh, "But I Digress" blog yeah, uh, yeah, in yeah. the year two thousand two wrote about it, and he said like they wanted to increase the price of the books by twenty five cents, and Peter David said if you increase the price on Captain Marvel by twenty five cents, the book will be canceled because no one will buy it because twenty five oh. cents is just unpalatable to our audience. And Jemis was like, he's not necessarily wrong. <laughs> I was like twenty five cents. That's that's hilarious, but uh, in today's world, but like, yeah, yeah, no, Jemis was like. He, I, if you if you look inside Marvel and you see that Peter David is in that book and he is identified as Peter A. David, and he is a homeless vagrant that's begging for change, that says to me that it is one hundred percent a a a smear campaign. I mean, like 
there is there's so much you want to talk about spielberg putting himself on screen somebody put themselves in every page of that book in the in the in the form of like it's supposed to be like a takedown you know it's a takedown of like all the people who wronged me or gave me a hard time and like paul levitz is named He's named Ted Turner's a uh, character, and he's married. I remember to Jane Ted Turner being a character, and it was like, AOL. Yeah, it was AOL Comics and everything. AOL like, Comics. I was I was still working at the store, and I just find <laughs> that whole era fascinating. Where it was like, I think that's the only era, and I, I might be wrong in this, and someone correct me. Where like wrestling style, like cutting Promotion. promos was happening, and I at the time I think it it, it definitely was working. It was getting attention. Like, it was getting attention. I mean, that's something I think you and I have talked about before about how, like, I think my, the best eras of comics. I might be wrong on this, but like, <laughs> I, I just think it's interesting when there are moments where the publishers have a voice, like a person, you know, that's... like, and Marvel had Joe Quesada and they had Bill. And even after Bill was gone, it was Joe, you know, yep. Joe, and then it was Axel. And even then, but then you had creators, you had like, at Marvel, particularly at Bendis, you know, and I think this is something at DC where it's like you had these moments where it was. DC didn't have that for a long time until Dan. Until Dan. You know, and and Dan, Dan, yeah, Dan and because did it for you only years, pretty much. Well, and all you had was Dan, so Dan got to be the boogeyman of DC Comics, where, like, everything Yeah, and he also would Dan's take a lot part. of... It, it was something that I realized after Dan was gone was how much Dan also was, like you said, he was the boogeyman, but he also was taking hits for other people. Exactly. Like, there were times where once I got into DC, I'd be like, well, this was, this was a Dan idea. And they're like, actually, no, that wasn't a Dan idea. That was this creator's <laughs> idea. And then it's a secret. Yep. And then Dan just took the bullet for him. You know, exactly. and it was always like it really was uh very interesting, like to see that stuff. But yeah. Oh, uh, but um to answer your yeah. question, looking at the cover of Ultimate Adventures, I probably would have voted for Ultimate Adventures just to see what Mars oh, Batman would have been like. Uh I've read it and it's uh, not that book what has I would want. Great art in it though. It's Ducky Fredego and it just yeah. looks amazing. Like yeah. that book is really interesting, and it's kind of funny. You know, yeah. it's at least kind of funny. Uh, yeah, but right. I was a big Captain Marvel fan, so I, so that you know, like, I, I, I definitely voted for that and voted. I was at a comic book store, and I was like, we should order more of that one. And it caused, like, a whole conversation in the shop of, like... Interesting. But Ultimates, at the time, was such a hot brand. I remember yes. the retailer was like, I don't know, like, Ultimates is really hot, and, and you know, it was like, it was a whole thing, but... Yeah, uh, but not yeah, but nobody ordered Marvel. Uh, be, and, and for the best because uh, no. that was also very much uh, apparently Jemis had a real like idea he he was very much inspired by magazine covers and he, that's why all of Ultimate Spider-Man for the first like 20 issues looks like just poses of Spider-Man because he's like I don't cotton to the idea of a comic book cover being all busy and full of junk like they have in the past that's really so, interesting I didn't know that like I was yeah. always wondering why those issues were just it was fascinating because I remember at the time I was working at the store and I was like, they're going to run out of colors on the side of this book real quick. Uh -huh. like, yeah. That was now, the by the way, that, that was uh, the orange the... one is the expensive one. In case right. you didn't know that the orange yes. one is the rare one. Because oh, I didn't that was know that. They... Okay. Oh yeah. The, at some point the, uh, the, the, the demand and the print run did not meet on mm -hmm. one issue. I think it might be five or seven. Uh, yeah. And it's the orange one it has the orange bars. So if you ever go back and look at ultimate Spider-Man issues, there's always yeah. one that is oddly more than the rest. And that was why, because the print run at the time, it was like, because they were printing things and just, you know, the hype of things. It was like, yeah. when that book ramped up in popularity, it suddenly hit a moment where the, they had actually lowered the print run. Uh -huh. And so there's just one moment where it's like, you look at the, if you, I, I imagine the print one probably went like this. Whoop, 
and then back up <laughs> the next issue, right? So there's just yeah. one issue with a print run is low. And so it's always, um, well, yeah, and- yeah. I had two copies of that. Oh, and nice. I remember I sold, I sold both of them, but I had, well, you know, I sold my collection. Like I sold really? my, my single issue collection. Oh yeah, I sold my whole collection back in 2008. So I have, I still have a lot of stuff, that's, right? That's so relatively time, recently. 2008? Yeah. I mean, it feels pretty recent. Feels like a long well, time ago, dude. Yeah, for me, trust true. me, that was that was like a, that was like lifetimes ago. Life, I feel like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, my point being, like, so you it, you've been without your single issue collection since 2008. Like, do you miss it? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> have you yes. have you thought I'll about Kevin Smithing yes. and getting it back? No. Uh, uh, it has come up uh, now that you got time. your uh, um, your extra room. When the, when the office is, is finished being built, uh, I'm actually going to probably purge again after that because oh. I feel like, you know, that room is, is fairly large. Uh, I'm building an office. Up. Yeah, it's going to fill up. But it, like this stuff and everything, I, I mostly have all the trades and I have a lot of hard covers and I have a lot of flexible stuff. Uh, single issues, you know, I usually, um, when I do get single issues, I usually buy a lot of number ones. Um, yeah. But I mostly wait for trades. And there are some books, like you and I were talking earlier, like about uh, before we record, we were talking about Jason Aaron's Punisher. Like that's something yes. I buy monthly in single issues. And nice. Uh, it's weird because with DC, I get everything sent to me. So with Marvel and Image, Image, I primarily work for trades. But Marvel, if I'm like digging a book, I will buy the single issues. Same. Um, there's a few other ones, like I'll say even with DC, where it was like, you know, I would get sent. Um, I would get sent copies of uh, World's Finest as yeah. part of that download, right? But it's like, Dan Moore's art is so great, I would go buy it at the comic shop too, right? So I would yeah. go pick that up and, and uh, it just depends on what. But yeah, so when I sold my collection, it it was the right thing to do <laughs> in, in the moment. Uh, there are times I miss it because I had like, you know, I had... A, a very significant yeah i had some stuff like even with something like uh amazing spider-man uh which you and i've talked about like i had everything from the first appearance of the scorpion uh to present day i had all of it. oh my god and so i was missing like the first 20 issues basically i was missing because that's 20 so i was missing the first 19 which it was yeah. like i was i don't know how i was going to get that but i had them and um yeah, that was after years of collecting and, and being like, I'm getting this, you know, I still have some really early issues of X-Men. Like I have X-Men number three and X-Men number Ooh. five and number eight. Uh, but, you know, I have a couple early Hulks and a couple early Iron Mans. Uh, this is all Marvel stuff with DC, though. I kept so DC was weird. I kept Batman. I kept Detective. I kept Flash. Like those are the yeah. three that I actually kept. Uh, with Superman, which Superman was essentially a weekly book, that was impossible for me to keep. But yeah, well, and, and if you ever you wanted know, one single issue of Superman from 1994 to to, to the oh, year I'll be able to find it. Yeah, you'll be yeah. able to get a copy. I'll be able to I'll find it. Yeah, I have a few. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. But I, I think there are times. It's weird because you know with these collections you don't look at them half the time. No, that's right. So it is weird when you're like, oh, do I regret selling it? No, I don't. But there yeah, are times where I'm it. like. Yeah, and every once in a while, because I do still have a collection. I do. I, I, do, still, but... I still have a collection, but yeah, it's not yeah. the massive thing I had before. Now it's like, again, any book that I ever got signed, yes. uh, any book that for whatever reason is like special to me. So it's mm-hmm. like, uh, like I said, Batman. So like Batman, like the Batman Detective and Flash. I kept those. Yeah. I kept some key Superman books. Um, you know, some things that I was like, those are ones that are important to me. Get any of signed uh spider-man 2099 i kept all of that just because i love that book so yes. uh i did a reread on it recently um still and holds like, up man, right it's not bad holds up really well holds really that well series. once it starts getting 
once you get past 25 and you start yes. getting deep into like the crossover stuff and the, like at the time when doom took over the united states it was cool yes but when you get to that when you're rereading spider-man you're like oh man you could tell where peter david was like this is getting to be a bit much and you can yeah. tell but what also sucks is if you don't have so let's say you go right now to the app and you're like i'm gonna read all the spider-man 2099 on unlimited yeah as we read it you hit a point where it's like, wait a minute, this is all crossing with all these other books. None of those books are on the app. Yeah, you can't get so, Punisher, Doom, Hulk. Like you can get, they did a crossover. It was called Fall of the Hammer, and yeah. all of those Fall of the Hammer issues are on the app, but it's the only oh. issue. So that's the only issue of Ravager. It's on there. It's the only oh, issue. Wow, dude, it was crazy. The other day, I was telling you this earlier. I was thinking about what the, and so I was like, I'm gonna go look at what the, and <laughs> it was like really weird to me because when I was a kid, yeah, uh, I remember buying a copy of What the. I remember it was the only time I ever like straight up bought a copy of what the, I probably had a couple little issues here and there that I got for whatever reasons. Like I, you know, you buy those giant bundles of comics yep. that you get at Costco. So, but there was one copy of what the had milk and cookies on the cover. It was a crossover with infinity uh, war at the time. Uh -huh. I've been infinity crusade, but I think it was an infinity war. And it was like a joke about events and, and crossovers and stuff. And I had that one issue, but again, milk and cookies are on the cover. That was really funny. The other day. So I've read that issue a bunch. Yeah. The other day, I was like, "Oh, I wonder what issues of what the are on the app." It's only one issue of what the is on the app, and it's that one issue. <laughs> By total coincidence, it's the one issue. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I got rid of the collection. There are times I, I don't know. Now it's tough because it's like if I have to look something up, it's easy. It's available. I can go find it. You know. But yeah. I, mean, I think just having some of that stuff. I mean, I don't know when I when the uh, new office is built, I'm gonna go through everything and I'm gonna really take a look at stuff, and that's when I'll decide what I'm keeping, what I'm getting rid of, and uh, right. definitely do a big purge. I actually watch as you what I talked about before a few different times is that like I really like um, Secret Galaxy, you know ah, Dan Larson's show, Dan Larson's channel, yes, and uh, he did a whole video about how he sold his uh, toy collection. Yep. And he's done it a couple of times, but he was talking about how he was buying three of everything. Yeah. And he said it got out of control. And It'll watching get out of his control. Video, yeah. Watching his video talking about it, it really made me be like, you know what? I'm I'm probably due for a purge of some kind. As you, I've told you before, what you see behind me is nothing. <laughs> like, no, this is exactly. a of what I have. So yeah. it's that thing of like, not only will I probably do another round of, of comics, uh, I'll probably definitely get rid of some uh, toys and some other yeah. stuff. Uh, usually with hardcovers and trades, I usually keep, it depends. Unless I'm like, I will never look at this again. You know? Um, Be because we like talk about them for a living, like I keep mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. many hardcovers and trades. Like I just did an inventory yeah. and we have over 2,000 hardcovers and trades in, this, in the library right now. Like we, yeah. have, we have 2,200 trades. And uh, let me tell you something, like, there's more over there that aren't on the shelves and i'm just like and there's just there is an entire the, by the way that does not include the batman stuff batman is its own section oh, because i couldn't fathom having a like just a, a wall of bees so i just put it all over there i uh, have this entire shelf right here you can't see but i have a whole shelf right here it's one two three i guess it's six six shelves yeah tall bookcase it's just Batman, and that's not even all the Batman I have. Like no. I have so much more Batman, and I guess that counts because I have like Birds of Prey, Catwoman, Nightwing. Me too. Yeah, Robin, no, I put all the... over here. Yeah, it's all one section. Yeah. Yep. And then this is like DC stuff, but even then, it's like with the new with the new office that's going to be built, I'm going to have a much more extensive library. Yeah. And then it's going to be really interesting to be like 
because I think at that point I'm just going to straight up alphabetize it. We try but, to do that, but I have to add a hundred more trades to the damn thing, and I'm like, well, that's over. I have a question for you about uh, Batman trades, and then we should talk yeah. about Superman. Yes. Uh, now, so now. here's my question for you about your Batman trades. Mm-hmm. What order do you put them in? There is no order. Right now, the order is uh, hardcovers on the top, yeah. floppies on the bottom, and the 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 80s to 90s prestige, bat, like the perfect binding, thin one-shots, Yeah, those are one section. But mm. there is no order. There's no rhyme or reason. I couldn't. I, try, I thought about it for a minute, and I'm like, I'm not even going to try. So it just goes, especially because every week, my wife and I go get burgers and also shop for comics. And there is a yeah. half off trade section that always gets replenished. And oh, I'm like, yeah. well, war games, I got to get war games. So now war games is on the shelf. And like, where does yeah, that go? Yeah, yeah. It goes wherever I can fit the damn thing. I just, and I, and I selectively, in, yeah. and I selectively moved, like I had statues there. Like I have a great uh, Harley Quinn um, animated series statue. That's up there. Um, I have Kevin Smith's shoes. I know that sounds really weird, but like he did a, uh, <laughs> He did a trivia night at one of his uh, venues down in South Jersey. And uh, Mm -hmm. one of the prizes was a pair of Batman 89 inspired like Nikes or something that he was given by, you know, Warners or something. And uh, I won that. And so I have Kevin Smith's shoes over there. And so I had to move those out of the way uh, to make room for (laughs) more Batman trades. It's just it's overwhelming. And it's it's because Batman sells like Batman is like the pillar. Uh, As we discussed. Yeah, it's it's one of the ones that's a common. It's going to sell. I have to do Batman like and I've I've tried to like keep that kind of like schedule going. We're like every fourth episode that we do. I'm like, well, Batman. But it can't just be like oh, Batman does something. Like it has to be like something. It's got to have a big sexy hook. So I'm, you know. Yeah. I, I put my Batman trades. Right now they're kind of disorganized. Um, but when I reorganize them, I put them in and I kid you not. Because it's yeah. the easiest way for my brain to figure out where stuff is. Mm-hmm. I put them in chronological order. Oh, God. Uh, by like story. Yeah. So not just like when they came out, which actually no. I could probably do that too, but in chronological order by story. So it's like at the very top, I have like year one. Actually, at the very top, I put a lot of <laughs> stuff. It's like pre, it's like pre-crisis stuff because yeah. that's you know that doesn't matter. Yeah, that's, do. yeah, yeah. But once you get to like this is it is like nope. Here's year one. Here's Long Halloween. Like oh I put them God. in order of chronological. It gets real muddy the deeper you get in. But yeah. there's also a game to it because you're like, when did this shit happen? You right. Like, when, like, well, and when did this with, happen? What do you do with Gordon yeah. of Gotham, which is a anthology oh. collection that has like mm-hmm, five mm-hmm, different mm-hmm. continuities or stories with, in which Batman and Gordon? Well, with that, it. with that, I, I kind of it depends, right? Because you can't put in like, so for example, like that is a book I would put with other Gordon books. So like Nightwing, Birds of Prey, Robin, GCPD. I put those. Yeah, I put those on their own thing because it is impossible. Like that's where it gets real muddy. There's no yeah. way. But for the most part, I try to put it. In it. It's sometimes the easiest way for my brain to be like, okay, where is No Man's Land? All right, it's right there because I know this. <laughs> well, because you know what I mean, you're like, yeah, yeah, because you could figure it out. Well, also, No Man's Land is like there's so a bunch many of traits. Them. There's like non traits. Yeah. Like I actually, it's one of the few I don't. The only one I don't have the collection for is Nightfall, and it's because what. I've been there. There's like, I, there's like 10. There's like 10 versions of it. I know. And I, can't. I have two of volume one by accident. I don't know yeah. why. I have, <laughs> I have like a volume three and that's it. And I'm just, because I read it. I'm like, I no, I don't need to ever return to nightfall. I'm good. But oh, I did keep no God. man's land just in case. And it's funny because 
No Man's Land is one of those things. There's two Batman books that haunt me as far as like covering that on our channel. And it's, it's No Man's Land and it's Batman Odyssey. Um, and it's just because, you know, I, I, I try at least a little bit to come across like I know what I'm talking about, but, um, mm -hmm. but I can't. So like I have to read but, these books. Well, but Batman Odyssey, I can't, I've read it three times and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I can't like, I can't go, well, obviously this is because there's like three different timelines in Odyssey and they're all like happening at the same it's time. It's not going on. Yeah. You know, but it's uh, but I need to keep it straight, and I I still am working on that. And No Man's Land is one of those things where I was I was recently reading a thing. Somebody was talking about like, should I read No Man's Land? If you go to Reddit and ask like the comic book community stuff, it's so great. Every day there's a new post that just says, should I read comic books? And I'm like, yeah, Every you're day? like, yes. As yeah. long as you're you're paying cash money for them, yes. Right. Please, go to go, your local comic go, store. Go buy a book. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. No, you shouldn't. You should pre-order your comic books. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's. Oh boy, I wish. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But uh, uh, somebody asked about No Man's Land, and uh, I was surprised by the overwhelming consensus where they went, um, "Yes, you should read No Man's Land," but after like the third volume, you can just stop. And I'm like, <sighs> "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Because you got to get to Joker. Yeah, and, uh, you know and how like, they made all of these like they make all these like animated adaptations of Batman stories. Oh, the that's books? one I would kind of love to see. Oh, the animated because yes. I would like to. I would love to see just someone try to to compress that down in ninety yeah. minutes. Like, how do you compress this down where it's like? So first we had contagion, then yes. there's an earthquake, and and then the government is like. Bye. Don't Gotham. go in there. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. We're bye. We're done yeah, here. You, know? for an and then, and you have all the, the, the Lex Luthor stuff of it all, right? Which is good like, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You have all this stuff, but but and then you have like the new Huntress and the Harley Quinn. Yeah. Like you had all this stuff. Not new Cassie. Huntress, sorry, new Batgirl. But yeah, yeah, you had all these things kind of in this little moment. It was Huntress. That's why I got confused. It was Huntress. Yeah. Uh, was spoilers. Bad. Originally, the new Batgirl <laughs> was Huntress. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, I would love to know this little pocket. Like, how do you compress all of that down? Because that's one of my that's one of my favorite like bat Batman status quo changes. Easily. I love that thing. Like, yeah. it's so much. It it was such a cool like. Oh, this is happening and and fun and different. But you know, it, it was it was just really good. Also, and they as committed we were earlier. Yeah. They committed. Well, I love Escape from New York, and so yeah. that's also like we were talking about earlier. I was watching some of it last night, and it's like I love that movie. So you're basically saying like, oh, it's Batman with Escape from New York. I'm fucking here. Let's do this. I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but how do you compress that down into 90 minutes? I would love that. Like I was watching. Um, I I haven't watched all of Sandman yet on Netflix. No. And yeah. so uh, last week, uh, I was like, all right, I'm gonna watch a bunch of episodes in a row. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna get to the John D episode at least, right? Get yes. get get that far in, right? Mm -hmm. And I had read. I read Sandman a few different times and I had reread some of Sandman last year uh, just for fun, you know? Yep. And um, I was like, okay, like it's, it's still pretty fresh and I flipped through yeah. it recently for something. So I'm like, Oh, it's still pretty fresh. So I'm going to, I'm going to watch this. And it was fascinating to me, the choices they made and yeah. how they were able to adapt certain things and twist them and, and, and change things around. I was like, this is one of the best because I've only watched the first five. I haven't watched all of it. I've only watched the first five so far. Yeah, uh, I will probably watch the rest of it this weekend. But when I watched those first five, I was like, this is one of the best, like, yeah, adaptations where yeah. it was like somebody because they were they were playing with your expectations. So it was like, even if you hadn't read the books, yeah. there was still a level of tension. You understood what's going on. They were kind of mm -hmm. able to like you know mess with you what you're, you you want to do right. Like you want to yeah. make it so it's a thriller and. 
it is a horror thing at the end of the day, right? So you're like, oh, absolutely. all these pieces that work. Um, but also for me to be like, I know this story. Yeah. And for them to be like, no, we're going to, we're going to twist it on you a little bit. Like mm-hmm. we're going to, we're going to mess with you. So you're sitting there being like, so it, 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 again, I haven't finished it, so I can't go too deep into it, but yeah, uh, it was just fascinating to watch that. And that's something with No Man's Land. I would love to see somebody come in and, and do like a 90 minute No Man's Land thing and be like, how, how do you fit this all in? Right. And, and what do you pick? 90 what do you minutes choose? would be fascinating. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. there's, there's some what obvious you stuff out? you can skip. Yeah. I mean, Penguin. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Penguin story, the Catwoman story, you could cut. Uh, you have to ignore a lot. I mean, you probably have to do exactly what you said. That you probably have to jump. You probably have to jump. And yeah, I think the question I would have, yeah, you probably have to cut Harley. Yeah, even that was when Harley was introduced to the main line, right? And you'd have to cut. You probably would have to cut the Batgirl stuff. Absolutely, like you'd have to cut or Batwoman. I think is what she was no, calling. Batgirl. I don't remember. Well, but she was. It she was, was Batman, Batman impersonating Batman, and then she and then oh, it right. revealed that she's a woman. I no, you could. Okay, oh, your choices are: you either do Batman. You're like, I'm making a Batman adaptation, or yeah. the point of the movie is to introduce the new Batgirl. Yeah, you do like, it. You do it from Cassie. Well, you do it from Cassie's perspective, and you basically, make it. yeah. Her, I mean, you look at uh, the video games and you look at Arkham City and all that kind of stuff, and those are different. Those are expansive. You know, those are yes. much longer than 90 minutes. You're talking about like, those are like 10 hours, hour plus 10 movies, hours of you time. Know? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. If you're like, I'm a, I mean, that's like a weekend of your life, or like, at uh-huh. least for me, that's, I, this is going to be like a nerdy thing to get into. Whenever I would play those Batman Arkham games, yeah, this is before I had children. So uh, <laughs> I would make a decision. Like, I'm going to start this on Friday and I'm done by Sunday night. Mm. like and i will i'm basically gonna do this and that's how i i would play it because i was so interested in the story i didn't want to yeah. be like oh i play Where this a I? month from now you know yeah. like you know because that's how at least with me with video games it's always been this way where it's like either i power through and i get it done in a few days or a week or so or yep. it takes me like a year yeah. to play it and then i'm playing and then the story gets kind of defeated so it was like uncharted was like this where uncharted i would power through uncharted yeah um you know, but Arkham, those Arkham games, I mean, those games are definitely, definitely on Arkham City. Yeah. Like Arkham City was one where I was definitely playing that at like four in the morning. Just oh, yeah. Just sitting there, just powering through. Collecting. Arkham. Collecting. Yeah. Yeah. Arkham, Arkham Knight came out um, right before I got married. And so it was long enough where I still had time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had, before I had the kids and stuff like that. So that's like one of the, that was, I remember getting to that one and being like, boom, did it. I actually have in my office right now, I have the the new one, the Gotham Knights one. I have oh, like, yeah. the giant collectible box. I still haven't even opened it. Like, yeah. at some point I will, and then at some point I'll play it. Um, but anyway, yeah. we should talk about Superman. Yes. <laughs> Superman. Because uh, you read it. Yes. It's I did. I got today. To, I read it. It's it out, out today. today. We can talk about it yes. now. Uh, yeah, we can talk about dude. it. Uh, getting, uh, first of all, you know, this is such a love letter, uh, to your version of Superman to your, I, I think it's like your, your vision of Superman. This is like who you mm-hmm. see when you're like, all right, well, when I'm talking about Superman, this is my Superman. Um, mm-hmm. but getting Jamal Campbell to show it. Hell yeah. yeah. I lucked out. I lucked out. I, I, I feel like, you know, when I got the job. I wasn't sure what I was going to do at first, you know, when they, yeah. they came to me and they're like, do you want to do Superman? And I was like, I don't know. And I was like, you know, it's always tough when you get a job with these superhero characters, especially if you're a nerd like me, where it's like, right. you know, I know all the best Superman stories. I've read them, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, you know, I'm not going to do, 
what Grant did. I'm not going to do all-star Superman. And, and that was actually one of the rules I had. So I, I actually started, I made a, I have a notebook. I have this notebook. I probably told you this before. I have this, this daily planet notebook. Oh. And I actually had this before I got the job. And so I actually was like, I'm using this. And I started nice. I just writing out ideas and notes and thoughts. And, and I'd already had Superman ideas in the past, but I'm like, okay, how do I work this out? Like I had yeah. stories about Superman. I'm like, okay, do I use this? Do I not use this? What works? And, one of the rules I had really early on for myself was no, no, no Grant and no Jeff. Okay. Because, uh, you know, I've definitely been guilty of re- referencing and riffing on Jeff stuff a lot. And with <laughs> Grant a little bit, um, especially with Damien and a little bit with the crisis stuff. So it was like with this one, I was like, I have to find a way of making it about the core of the character yep. and making it about this is who Superman is, have all the toys, all the pieces on the table. This is who he is. But moving into the new. So yeah. a lot of the ideas I had were not about like referencing old stories, not mm-hmm. referencing old characters, just really being like, okay, we all know who, who he is. Superman's Clark Kent. Yep. He's a Daily Planet. Here's Lois. Here's Jimmy. And then find ways of moving the ball forward. I, I yeah. helped a lot. And, and and so with this book, I remember I wrote this long, like 10 page document, just like all these ideas, not even story. It was just like, these are my thoughts on the book. Mm. And I remember giving it to Jamal and the first time Jamal and I talked, we were just like automatically on the exact same page. They were yeah. like, here, my thoughts on it here, what I'm thinking, you know, we talked a lot about the animated series, but it was like Jamal was, I think the perfect person, like the perfect artist yeah. to really take those ideas that I was trying to get across and really boil them down and then make them real. And that's what you see in that first issue where it's like, yeah. it feels familiar, but it looks new. And that was what we were going for with a lot of this was like, you know, I didn't want it to be like, I've read this story before. I wanted there, to be like, how do I move it forward a little bit? Yeah, exactly. And their status quo shifts, their changes, like, cause yeah. it, you know, you could, you could easily say like, so, um, uh, we're going to put the identity back in the box and, uh, yeah. you know, everything's going to go back to the way it was. But, um, because of the identity shift and because of the status quo for Perry, we get a chance to change mm-hmm. things for Lois which changes yeah. and it has ripple effects, right? Every, every significant change to every character has ripple effects throughout. And because Lois yeah. is like no longer relegated to being a second stringer or a supporting character, like she is a protagonist mm-hmm. in the Superman books. She's, and she's been that way yeah. for a while. Yeah. Um, but she will have a, an, a profound effect on Superman, Clark Kent's life, Jimmy, yeah. and any of the other supporting characters that may hove into her field of, of influence. Um, and I love that shift for her and where we're, do- we're going. Yeah. And like, I want to see that. And I want to see where that goes. Like, yeah. And I, well, and I, yeah. Yeah. Is it her idea of becoming like making her editor in chief. And you know, it, it, you know, Lois is like, it's a cage. She says it in the issue, you know, yeah. it's like Perry's office. And she's still calling it Perry's office. Even though it's her right. office Aww. is like a cage for her. And, it, yeah. and that hunger she has for like, I have to, go find Chase the story, story. the best yeah like that's a that's like always us with lois it's gonna get her in trouble yeah. uh but i think there's other stuff with her that we're gonna do and other things about like her take on some of the stuff that's happening with lex but also some of the decisions she's gonna make just as editor-in-chief yeah some of them are gonna be controversial decisions but right. she's basically put in a position and this is actually part of what this story is about in some ways is like yeah you know when you're put in the position where you are now the boss yeah, it does change your point of view on certain things. And so right. Lois being put in position as a boss, it's going to change your point of view on certain things. And at some mm-hmm. point, she's going to have to say, I have to make a controversial decision because it's what's best for the paper. Exactly. Right. 
and and then you have Clark, who when Lex gives him LexCorp, yeah, is now also put in a position where he is being looked at, even though Mercy is essentially running day to day. Yeah, he's being put in a position where people are looking at him not just for, hey, can you go yeah, out and stop this? Say yeah, from inner game. Yeah, stop like, a meteor or something like that. You know, it's like there's other things that are going to come a part of that, and also, you know, he. It's a thing I have in life where I try not to count people out. Right. right? Like people, people can surprise you. Yeah. I think a lot of cases there are people that are maybe too far gone, but Superman mm-hmm. has faith in everyone, everyone and humanity. He tries to see the best of them and he hopes for the best for them. Yeah. And then there's Lex Luthor. Right. And it's like, they have this relationship that goes so far back. So for him to be, you know, looking at Lex and him saying, like, I feel like Lex is the only person I've ever given up on. Yeah, and Lex saying, "Please give me a second chance." Basically, in a lot of ways, yeah. but he's still he's still Lex Luthor. He's, he's got to be Lex Luthor about it. Uh, yeah, he's got to be Lex Luthor. And so I wanted to play with a lot of that stuff, but yeah, yeah, no, and and there's like the first issue is phenomenal. It's great, and it and it alludes to all the other stuff because there's a lot of stuff going on in the Superman family and the Superman world. Yeah, that yeah, um yeah. that that you know other folk are tackling. And there's an enti- yeah. there's actually an entire splash that just says like this is the Philip Kennedy Johnson book. Uh, if you want to read it, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. It's like I want to acknowledge what he's doing and we talk and stuff. And and yeah. it's like, you know, he's focusing a bit more on well, obviously Metallo. Yeah. But he's focusing on this family aspect and the new Super Twins and Kara and you know like Kong Con, and then you yeah. have John and you have like obviously Connor in there. Connor's gonna yeah. be a big part of his book and he has some stuff with that we've we've been talking about and. You know, I wanted to basically say, like, these books are taking place. You know, it's interesting because you want those books to have connective tissue and you want to, like, acknowledge each other. But we're not doing the thing that they did in the 90s where Superman was basically a weekly book. Yeah. Like, yeah. And don't get me wrong. I love that stuff. But these books needed to stand alone a little bit more. And that's what we were. So we, we talk. Yeah, it, it's kind of like you're not going to see Metallo showing up in my book doing something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> right, he's a different you know, character, different skin. Like, yeah, I, suddenly I have like a different Metallo show up. We're not doing anything like that, but you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, Jamal killed it. I have, I got my copies, and oh, it's so great. crazy. I'm gonna tell you something about this one that is this is maybe a minor thing that I think is really cool about this. Yeah, there are no ads in this book. Oh, dude, look at that! It just goes straight through. It's all That's story. Awesome, all the way through from cover to cover. There's an ad on the second. There's an ad on the inside front cover and okay. an ad on the inside back cover otherwise yeah it's all and then you have the foil edition which is really nice Ooh. uh but no ads that's awesome no ads. and you is that the story is that the version you have or is that the version we're getting that's the printed version you're getting that's so awesome <laughs> yeah it's gonna have it's gonna be it, it's straight and it's just jamal just killing it yeah 30 pages just 30 pages of cool comics and you know, we tease a bunch of stuff. There's like, you know, the new villains uh, that we're introducing in this issue. Well, and reintroducing, and... you got uh, you got Livewire in this book. Oh yeah, I wasn't sure if I was going to get Livewire because Livewire could be tricky because she's technically, you know, she was created for the cartoon. She wasn't yeah. created in the comics. Uh, it's kind of like anything that was created, <laughs> anything that was created by a different department, you have to make sure you get permission for it. So if it was made by film, TV, video game, you have to get permission for it. And wow. so uh, with LiveWire, we were able to get permission to use her. It's not hard. You just ask. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just ask. <laughs> but uh, uh, we got permission for her. And I was like, it, this book is going to be funny because it's like, it, it's like every book I work on at DC, right? Like, yeah. if you read that book, 
you can kind of figure out what stories in the past I was a fan of. <laughs> yeah. You know, so if you're if you're reading Robin, you're like, oh yeah, he clearly liked that Green Arrow book. You know, mm-hmm. like you could tell, <laughs> you could tell, like, oh, this is the stuff that he liked. You know, and I think uh, with this, you're very much so going to see that you're going to be well, like, oh, okay, he, he, he likes entire... wire books. Yeah, well, you know, he likes the like, cartoon show. There's a there's an entire sequence. Yeah, there's like, there's definitely wink. that. Yeah, yeah, there's a little wink to the cartoon stuff in there. But you know, you're gonna see like, oh, he likes these characters, and yeah. then but at the same time, with this one, it is about. I'm challenging myself in different ways with this book, and okay. I, I'm curious people are gonna think of it because it's very much more. It, it's more of a pulpy take on Superman, right? Like it's, mm. it's me looking at it from a different point of view, and you know you look at like Doc Savage kind of pulpy stuff. And so I'm looking at it from that. And, and I got so used to working on dark crisis where dark crisis was like noisy all the time, you yes. know, it was noisy, it was loud, it was shit happened all the time, a million characters in it with this one. I was like, okay, like it's Clark's point of view. Lex Luthor's around. Lex kind of plays this uh, antagonist protagonist kind of role yeah. Uh, with his voice, you know, because he's talking to Clark across the across it, and that's going to be a running theme is is Clark and Lex talking throughout yeah. the book. Um, and uh, and then I was going to be like, I'm going to make this book a little a little weird at times. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I'm always great. curious what I think of it, you know. But I wanted to be like, and also we're doing shorter arcs where it's like a three issue arc, a two issue arc, you know. So this is our our first arc, you know, where we deal with we introduce um, new villains. Right, yeah. we have two new villains introduced at the ending, and then we have uh, Parasite and Livewire, which even after these first three issues, they're going to continue to be in the book. Oh, like cool. Parasite and Livewire will be, and then you have in issue two, we introduce a new like anti-hero hero character that's in Metropolis uh, that has like a long history with it. We also yeah. have Lex. Like I'm putting a lot of stuff into this book, but there are going to be like these short arcs. It'll be like a three issue, a two issue. A three I love that. Now, issue. is that influenced yeah. because of like because of your previous reading habits? Because like when we were kids, like when we or when we were teenagers, like you they wouldn't yeah, they were afraid to go. Uh, you know, he's gonna fight spider slayers for three issues, and we're just gonna move you know, on. Like, it, yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, you know, I, I think once you get past two thousand, everything is like five or six issues, right? Because yep. they were they, well, they figured right. out the math. They were like, all right, yeah. Yeah, well, what's interesting about that, and I was not not great at this either, too. I think on Flash, Flash was weird because it was like we were double ship. So even if it was six issues, that was three months. Yeah. So we were burning through stuff. And and I always kind of saw every six issues as like, here's my A plot. Like, here's so here's my rogues for six issues. Here's really broad for six issues, even though that arc is actually really long. But I was like, here's always little little things we're going to do. So with this one, I was like, you know, I really want to just move faster. Oh. And I, I'm like, right, so, yeah, I know. So she switched <laughs> up the books, and I'm like, well, I learned a lot from it, though. So That's it's true. Like, you know, three issues of this, two issues of this, three issues of this, and then we alternate. And it, it is funny how every once in a while, when you're like, you'll hear people go, you know what, I missed done in one issues. I missed done in one issues. You're like, me too. And you do a done <laughs> in one issue, and the first thing you hear is, oh, this is a filler issue. And you're like, well, then what is it then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know but you, it's because of the a plots as long as your a plots move your b and c plots can continue you know so it's like the stuff exactly. with lois being editor-in-chief will continue the stuff yeah. with clark and lex continues because they're that's the real b plot you know and you have the stuff with jimmy it's going to continue you yeah. have the new villains that story is going to be going on for a while but right. i really want to do with this first issue just kind of like put a lot of stuff on the plate throughout the yeah. game and, well, and move a little quicker right but when were we going to get subterranean monsters again 
that live underneath uh, Metropolis, like Clark. Issue four, bro. No. Issue, four. <laughs> issue four. We get all kinds of weird stuff. Like I, I, really, that? Yeah. I was like, you know, I guess I was thinking about like if, if Superman suddenly had control over LexCorp, what would he do? And like, oh. what are those resources like? And then you find out that it's like, you know, eventually this is spoiler stuff, but it's like, <laughs> you start to find out that like Lex had a bunch of stuff he was doing that nobody knew about. And now it's a problem. So right. you, have, you have to tackle that. And even in the first issue, I'm going to get some spoiler stuff here for the first sure. issue. It's like, one thing that we're going to talk about is that Lex, you know, when Lex left Smallville, he came to Metropolis. Metropolis, yeah. And he was there for a significant amount of time before Clark got there. Yeah. What happened in that time period? Right. Like, we don't really get a chance to see like the influence. Well, like, cause I think the implication is that like Lex has like Lex built Metropolis into what you into the city of tomorrow. Yeah. But like, do, every city there's crime right. in that city. Right. And so you have this version of Lex where I, I think there's a, there's a reason Lex feels ownership over Metropolis and why he yeah. feels like I am the hero of Metropolis. There are reasons for that. And we're going to talk about those reasons. And then it's like the secret history that not that a lot of people knew about. Yeah. And then Superman's going to find out some of this stuff. But on top of that, Superman's going to be like, wait, what were you doing? Like, he's going <laughs> to find out like Lex, like most mad scientists, he's going to be like, oh, did you think my full-time job was trying to kill Superman? No. <laughs> like, I was very busy. Or the was... Justice League? No, no, no. That was my, that was my night job. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I, my I day did job so much. Yeah. all of this. And then Clark's going to find out what all this is and be like, oh, my God. Like I have to deal with all of this, and so right, I gotta clean up like all this crap I didn't even know was under the surface existed. Yeah, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff like that that comes up in the book, and so that's it's gonna be really fun having Clark kind of. I'm gonna run Clark through different genres, you oh. know. So it's like you know this arc has a little bit of horror, the next arc is a little bit of romance, and then so on and so forth. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna find. That's why at the ending I kind of just like straight up say some of the genres at the ending. <laughs> um, because I was like, oh, I want to play around with this, th these ideas. And yeah. So, no, that's great. Uh, yeah, I just want to have fun with it, and I really like, um, I really like Superman. I like Jamal's art, and I hope yeah. people read this book. It comes out today, and and I hope you buy it at your comic book store. And then, uh, you know, issue uh, two, uh, the FOC is this weekend again. Like we're introducing a new character in that issue. Uh, an issue two and it looks really cool it's great uh i actually have to like turn in my lettering draft for it the moment Ooh. you and i are done talking i got a text <laughs> about it uh because what we do is this is like insider stuff we get the pdf i get i get to read the book basically so i read the book and then i get to go through and make changes to it and be like mm. you know that line of dialogue sucks change it with this one uh yeah. go through and make little adjustments um and that's i've already written it up i literally just have to do i have to hit send on it and i forgot to hit send uh <laughs> so when you I'm gonna, I'm gonna read through really quickly and hit send uh so the letter can go in and um uh, and change stuff and clean up some stuff and they yeah. check my typos all that fun stuff okay, um, okay yeah we try we try to catch all the typos <laughs> let me tell you anytime you ever see a typo in a comic i promise you the creator already knows <laughs> right i've thought they I've already seen a know thousand and they've Yep, and they already cried in the shower about it. It's totally yep. fine. Yep. You don't have to let I, us know. I promise you, you've already seen it. Right. It, it's happened countless times where I've found a typo in a book after it was printed and been like, no. Yeah. And then a month now, later, here's somebody's the thing. like, Do yeah, you then ahead. contact them and go like, so in the trade, could you fix this? Hell yeah, we do. 
Yeah. Yes, we do. If we can get yeah. it fixed in digital too, we get it fixed in digital. We get it. We, we, well, I'll be like, hey man, can you help me oh, with this? Well, I remember yeah. that. Not to not to you know put too fine a point on it, but I, I remember that vi- vividly during the um, the first Snyder Joker arc in the New Fifty Two, mm-hmm. when uh, Joker was very familiar with Batman, and mm-hmm. then uh, in the digital version, suddenly he wasn't. And then people noticed, and then suddenly it was okay again for him to be more familiar with Batman. And they, oh man, that's really funny. Yeah, they changed very stuff up. It, well, sometimes what happens, oh my control. Sometimes what happens is is that you're 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 running on fire. These books have to come out. Yeah, and it has happened. It has happened where the digital version did not match the print because the digital version like got logged in basically before. Oh, the it was like a previous print. print, like yeah, a, pr- a previous version that happened yeah. in um to me on an issue of flash there is an issue of flash i'm not gonna say which one it is i'm sure <laughs> some people know there is mm-hmm. an issue of flash where the print version and the single issue the trade version and the digital version are different oh my god on you one three page. different versions of one issue because because i caught it i caught it in the issue mm-hmm. and then i said Can we correct this and they corrected it for the digital right and there was some kind of miscommunication. And by the time I got to the trade, and they fixed it again, but they actually got it back to where it was in the bad version of it, but worse. Oh my god! So that is how there are three different <laughs> versions of it. Is this? Yeah, it, it drove me crazy when I finally looked at the trade. I knew it too. I got the trade, and I flipped to that page, and I was like, "Oh, you got it." <laughs> I, so I have to know the first thing you did. Yeah. A comic book, we 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 are well aware. Yeah, please <laughs> keep it to yourself. No, no, no. I hope no typos in Superman. No, I really uh, Superman. I, I I've I, I've I've read it, and I can tell you, I've gone through it with a fine tooth comb, and it, uh, it passes the smell test. I think it works out. <laughs> good. No, it's I'm good glad. Stuff. I'm glad you liked it, and I yeah. I we're announcing some more cool stuff for DC this week when this this airs. There'll be some more stuff, and we can talk about that in the next one. That's uh, right. Next month. Yeah. Yeah. Next month. We'll do this again in a month. We'll come right back yeah. in. But you're going to go see Ant Man, and so am I. That's right. Yeah. We're we got to go, go see Ant Man. Yeah. We're going to go Ant Man. Yeah. yeah. We got to we gotta go see Modoc on screen for the first time. Yay. See Is Modoc in it? No, I'm kidding. Oh, I've actually I... avoided every, I've, I avoided almost everything. Um, yeah. But what gets me is, is, because uh, I, I don't want, I try to watch the superhero trailers because I'll see one thing and I'll start reading into it, you know? Of course. Um, yeah. But what happens is a lot of times toys. Yeah, like toys are the giveaways. Like yeah. you'll you'll see stuff where you're like, oh, I guess that character's in that movie. Uh huh. Like Hasbro was like, here, you want this new Modok toy? Look at this. <sighs> by the way, yeah. by the way, you should buy a Modok toy. And I'm like, like you'll see an ad like that, like Ant Man's coming out. Check out this Modok toy. And I'm like, oh, okay, I know what's going on. Uh, but oh. you never know. You never know. Yeah. There might be all kinds of crazy stuff. I'm I'm curious about this one. Um, yeah, I really like the other two Ant Man movies. So yeah, I'm, me too. Uh, I'm very curious about this one. Yeah, um, I I can't believe we didn't even touch the Flash trailer. Oh, next time. Next time. <laughs> so that's got, incentive we're, for you. We're going to be back here in a month. We should make a to-do list. We should be like, so the next one, we need to talk about the following things. We got to talk about Green Arrow. Yep. Green Arrow. We got to talk about Green Arrow. Cause I'll have yep. Green Arrow number one. I mean, I have Green Arrow number Perfect. one done now, but we can, yeah. we can talk about it next time. I'll let you read it. Uh, and then Sweet, we can you. talk about uh, the flash trailer. Yes. We I think that'll the flash trailer. Yeah. If yeah. That'll take a whole hour. One, yeah. And then, and, and to keep it, to keep our uh, Peter Pan uh, thing going, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll talk about Fox's Peter Pan and the Pirates, which is another fantastic series. Uh, I've never really the, the show or the movie, the, sh- the cartoon from the cartoon. From Fox I've Kids. never yeah. seen it. Never seen Sick. it. I did not know it existed until recently. Until Secret Galaxy. Uh, uh, until Secret <laughs> Galaxy. Yeah, you know, you know, man. Listen, you pieces yeah. come together. Yeah, I yeah. know it existed until now. Uh, 
I have watched Jake and the Neverland Pirates uh, with oh, my yeah. son a, a few times. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that next time. I, I'm going to exactly. try and watch some of that cartoon. I actually haven't watched that Secret Galaxy episode yet. There's that oh, one, and there's the one about um, American Gladiators that he did. Yes, I, I haven't watched that one either yet. No, I got to I gotta I, check that one out. I was obsessed with American Gladiators when I was a kid, so I really want to see that one. Um, I started to watch it a few weeks ago in the morning, or the morning after he put it up, and then yeah. my son came running in the room and was like, Mickey Mouse cartoons. We have to watch <laughs> Mickey Mouse cartoons. I was like, all right, cool. Which I'll leave you on that. I'll leave you on this. I'm gonna ask you this question: Have you watched that Mickey Mouse cartoon? It's like Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse, and then there's just there was one which is called Mickey Mouse, and there's one that's called Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse. Have you watched those yet? I've seen the short ones where it's like that very simple art style that's like very yeah, like, like off the wall. But they're yeah. like two or three minutes long. Yeah, you gotta watch Wonderful World because those are eight minutes long. Okay, and um, they're really funny. Uh. They're like they they lean a little heavier into the like this is Mickey Mouse meets Ren and Stimpy, like they lean way harder into it. Uh, okay, you should you should definitely watch those like the Wonderful World ones. Those yeah. are really really funny, and there's one in particular you should watch. It's called Just the Four of Us. Okay, and I, I'm not, I'm gonna leave it at that. Just the Four okay. of Us, and then Once Upon an Apple. Those two are interesting. I'm gonna leave it. I that. saw you someone mention those. Once Upon an Apple. I saw it like somewhere. It was floating around like in Twitter or something like that. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I have no context for it, so I will definitely. You should check, check those out. out. They're eight minutes long. You can watch all of them like an yeah, hour. That's yeah, that's uh, a commitment. Yeah, you should I'm do down. that, and then we'll we'll talk about that next time because Excellent. I'm trying to get everyone to watch those episodes because I want to know what people <laughs> think of them. But totally. I'm gonna go. You're gonna go. Yes. We're gonna go watch Ant Man. Yeah. So uh, and then uh, we'll be back here in a month. Yeah, exactly. Man, I can't believe it. Time flies, but uh, make sure to subscribe and we'll see you guys next time. And pick up Superman out now in stores. Please buy Superman. (laughs) 